You ready? Yep. Three, two, one. <laughs> that was so, so off. off in the call. It's so funny. All right, Dan, go for it, buddy. Do it. Do another one, Kyle. Just count slower, and then we'll all clap at the same time. Three. That was very well done. I'm going to put that in the front. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Leafs Fans in Hostile Lands. We're on episode 11. It's March 16th and we're all sad. It's been a tough week for the Leafs. (laughs) They, uh, I think, what was that? uh, Three losses? Yeah. Yeah, Three out of four losses. Kind of a really down wave off the the big high that we've been running this season and uh you know we're we're humbled a little bit here so um but we've got some interesting games to talk about i don't necessarily want to say the leafs played poorly but uh you know there's lots going on now there's uh dubas has been in the media a lot we're going to talk about uh, possible trades and um we'll see what comes up so to start off uh tuesday game with winnipeg that was four three loss and uh you know the leafs played really well and Hellebuck shut the door on them completely I don't think uh, I really fault the Leafs anything for that they had almost 39 shots won the majority of the faceoffs. their power play looked okay um, you know I'm feeling pretty good about that guys any comments on the first game yeah they got Hellebucked that's pretty <laughs> that's, much it let's, that, that's pretty much it let's change that B to an F and that'd be even funnier <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's how that's how we were feeling the next morning. Pretty much, pretty much. And then, you know, we come up a, a little bit of a series with Winnipeg. So we're thinking, OK, next game's going to be better. And and it was better, you know, theoretically, given that they uh, took it to overtime, at least uh, lost in overtime. But at least, you know, lost in overtime. They the won end. in overtime. Oh, game two. I'm so sorry. They won in overtime. Yes, you're so right. Cool. They won in so overtime. Good. So good. And and. The the winning shot, oh, that was beautiful. What a dangle! That was, what a dangle! It, well, it was the fake, and then just just above the shoulder. It was a gorgeous shot by Matthews. Someone really should really start talking about this guy, Matthews. He's uh, coming out of nowhere, just to be a little superstar. This Never season. heard of him before. I know one of those diamond in the roughs. He was uh, was he undrafted? I don't remember him being drafted. <laughs> yeah, I think he was like recently, like undrafted. They got him this year, I think, and. Uh... Yeah, um, I think he spent some time in the Swiss League. Mm-hmm. You know, you know some of those you know guys that are borderline players will play over there. But yeah, quite a uh, quite a grab. A lot of training with uh, David Ayers, also undrafted, still undrafted. <laughs> Ooh, in fact, getting in it early. <laughs> <laughs> How is he not drafted yet? With that stunning performance, you know, I wouldn't doubt he gets a one day contract with the Canes one day. Just they can use posterity. a backup goalie. Why not? Why not? Give Reimer some time off. One day contract goes in the Hall of Fame, stuff like that. That was nuts. Sorry, can I backtrack for a second? Absolutely. Just to the game, the first game there, I uh, completely forgot that was Matthews' first game back, I believe, from the road trip. Am I wrong about that? I think he played in Edmonton. Did he not play the last Edmonton game? Right. Yeah. Then he played in Vancouver, didn't he? And he okay, so he did play both of those, right? Yeah. I just yeah, remember he's been back for a while. I remember. Uh, I think it was Dangle saying like. If Matthews is hurt, give him the time off. And they're like, nope, we're going to get him in. But he wasn't, like, shooting. 
much, right? Yeah, yeah. There's something wrong. They've they've put Matthews in front of the net, which is so weird for him. He's usually on the at, either at the point or at one of the circles, just clapping it, no problem. And I totally get it. Like if his wrist is all messed up, he shouldn't be clapping it anymore. So they put him in front, and he gets he gets two goals, his nineteenth and his twentieth, by tipping it. Like, are you including the one that went off his skate? No. Do we do we okay. count that as a we, as Matthews goal? We do not. That was that okay. sucked for Freddie. Where Matthews is like, I got it, and no, Matthews, you're you're not a trying goal to hockey word. sack the slap shot out of the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, I could have put that in. But uh, like, is there anything this guy can't do? Like, oh, here, go to the circle, do some clappers. Oh, okay. Oh, you're a little bit hurt. Well, just go to the front and and look out for for tips. Oh, okay. And then let's dangle around the Vesna Trophy winner for an overtime win. Like, come on. Like, MVP much? Are you, are you trying to find a ray of hope in this week that we've had, Kyle? <laughs> yes, absolutely. We uh, got to keep Zach Hyman. <laughs> oh, what a guy. What, oh, we, we got to save him. We got to save him. I love him. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's incredible. But Having a good season. Those first two games against Winnipeg, you know, I wasn't upset about the first loss. And then the second win, like, Best game of the year. Whether it was their best played game, it was the most entertaining game, like on the edge of my seat the whole time. And to make it a win was just a cherry on top. So, so good. I ah, I loved them so much that day. And then things happened. Dan, do you want to tell us what happened? Well, I mean, the weekend hit. And along that went all of the luck that the Maple Leafs have had all year. And the skills seemed to disappear. It was, I mean, on the Saturday game versus Winnipeg. So this was the 5-2 loss. They they scored half the shots they did in the first game against Winnipeg almost. Um, their stats all over the place were off. You know, no power plays, uh, barely any hits. Now they're not a big hitting team, but, you know, usually they have more than 15 friggin' hits. Um, it just a complete breakdown pretty much from game, from like puck drop. I, I they scored a minute 41 in uh Winnipeg and you know Leafs rebounded a bit from there but then it was pretty much the Winnipeg show and they took us uh 5-2 for a lovely loss there. Um I don't think there's that much to say about the game uh, if you guys have anything to say it the Leafs looked bad. They played not great. They couldn't couldn't really get anything going. Yeah, it's just been a more of the, you know, continuing trend that we're seeing that they just they couldn't score like uh, Hellebuck wasn't even in net that night. If yeah. I'm pretty sure they had their backup goalie in and they just didn't really put a whole lot on them. Um, yeah. A lot of people were saying that they're, they're, they were looking tired this game and the Ottawa game and that they just needed a break. But after this break in these next uh, two weeks, it's constant after that. So what are they going to look like in 20 games after that coming into the end of the season? Are they going to look tired like this going into the playoffs or um, are they going to figure out a way to make their own energy? I, I think they're just going to play with six players on the ice from now on. Just from like, you know, 14 minutes left in the period. That was pretty much the only good thing to come out of this weekend. Um, it, it was a pretty spectacular showing in the uh, Sunday game versus Ottawa. Another loss, of course. It was 4-3. But it was 4-1 until six minutes left. And... It got really exciting in the last uh, part of the game. Um, so F- Hutch gets first two first goals scored on him within the first 10 minutes, I think, something like that. Uh, sorry, first six minutes of the game. 
And then uh, Toronto just can't do anything. They, Hyman gets a nice goal, admittedly. But then Batherson comes alive and just slaughters them. And um, so, so did you, Kyle, you mentioned you watched the last six minutes. What'd you think? Oh uh, yeah. I turned it off after, after it was just looking so bad. Like not even after the first two goals, I was like, okay, first two goals. And then Hyman gets one. And then it's just, ugh, it was just so bad after that. So I turned it off and that shows what kind of leaf fan I am. But last six minutes, you know, I turn it back on after I see they get, uh, they get a goal. Uh, after pulling the goalie, like in those last six minutes, like that's a that's a Patrick Waugh move. That was so cool when Patrick hmm. Waugh did that against the Minnesota Wild. I remember that for some reason. I was uh, living in Toronto and just watching random playoff games because I hadn't been into hockey in a couple of years. And I'm like, I'm just gonna watch as much hockey as I can. And Patrick Waugh pulls the goalie like five minutes before the end of the game, and he ends up winning. And then he did it again the next game. And then Minnesota did it again the next game. And it's like, okay, this is a trend now. It really has been. Keith is going full Patrick Waugh. And I'm like, okay, let's see what they can do. I'm pretty sure the top six players that we have were out on the ice almost for that entire last six The minutes. whole time. It was well, nuts. they've got a whole week off after that. You know, put them out. Go for them it. Out, yeah, yeah. Use and them they, they, not, they so. were tired out. I hadn't seen a six-on-five group more tired out, like, in a game ever. Than, than I did there. Like Matt or uh, Riley had to go for the puck at the end, and he was just barely skating, and he he felt someone coming up behind him, and he's like, "Oh my god!" And he ended up getting it so that they didn't have an empty net. Speaking of empty nets, like, come on, Ottawa, you got to get those empty nets in there. I think it was uh, <laughs> actually that Winnipeg game. Winnipeg was up, and Toronto came back, and they missed an empty net that could have sealed it, and Toronto was able to yep. come back and yep. win it, which is nuts, but. Uh, I, I just had well, a turn. Ottawa up. did score. Uh, sorry, Ottawa did score the two empty net goals at uh, at the beginning of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Oh, oh man, Hutch, that made me come sad. Come on, man, Hutch. Hutch's five hole, man. Oh, couldn't get it close to save his life. Yeah, and and the look on his face afterwards, like he was. It seemed like he was angry, but it also seemed like he was disappointed because he. He kind of came back a little bit when Freddie and Campbell were injured. You know, he came back with yeah. some good showings. Like he, we're like, okay, this isn't the goalie we had last year. Maybe it was just the Babcock syndrome, and Keith has given him some life. Okay, here we go, and it's gone. Just- yeah, see, like he's looked better for most of the season up to this point. Yeah, like he's looked like a passable third string goalie, but last night he or Sunday night he looked like Hutch. Yeah, yeah, he did. He looked <laughs> he looked like a man. That really sucks because I think it's going to put pressure on Freddie. Like, he, he doesn't have a reliable backup right now until Campbell comes back, which I'm not sure where he's at. He's, I heard he was skating at some point, and now I'm not sure if he's still skating. I don't even know what the injury is, if it's just retweaked or if he's got a concussion now. or I don't know. It's, it's not looking so good right now. But let's sum up these games, I think. Let's sum them up into some positives and negatives, pros and cons list just like we should in our daily lives, yay. Positives. My one positive is that the Leafs gave Hellebuck all they had, and they stuck with it. They gave the Vesna Trophy winner everything they had, and it didn't work the first game, but it worked the second game, and they really worked hard for it, and it seemed like playoff hockey. They went for it, they stuck with it, and it paid off at least with one win. Any other positives to add from this four-game stint? We'll start with Craig. 
well, at least Matthews has shown that he can still score, even with that wrist injury, um, finding ways to, you know, contribute to the team. He still can, you know, play a defensive game. Um, he's still good at uh, taking the puck away, but just because he can't shoot doesn't mean that uh, he's not useful on the team. That and, you know, Zach Hyman's continued dominant play. Um, they brought him up to the top line there because they, uh, you know, Jumbo Joe hasn't been looking as good lately since he's coming back from his injury. I don't know if there's still something going on with him, but either way, he's good in the dressing room. Um, but yeah, it's I, every it's starting to come at this point of the season, kind of like a couple seasons ago, every time Hyman scores, I cringe a little bit going, are they going to afford him? But I'm going to try to put that thought in my mind. I don't want to think about it. We will, they'll, you know, they'll deal with that in the off season. So I, you know, Craig, you pointed out the obvious Hyman. He he's certainly playing well right now, and he's uh, getting the goals, which is really great. So the positive, I have two quick ones. Um, you know, if you look at the scores, they lost four three four three, or sorry, four three one four three. They lost five two, and then four three. So they're still producing. Like we're still seeing the top lines produce uh, a lot of goals. They're just taking a lot more than they uh, are scoring right now, which is the downside. Um, but, you know, at least we're not seeing shutouts or anything like that. Like, production's still going. Um, and the the other positive, like, uh, we talked about the six minutes in the last game with, against Ottawa. And uh, I just have to reiterate, I mean, it shows that the Leafs are a team that can pull together and they have grit when they need to. They should have been playing like that the whole game. But, uh, you know, it shows that they still have it. And hopefully this rest, as Craig said, uh, will be a little bit of time for them to hammer home this week that they had. Okay, positives, good. Still feeling okay about the Leafs. So let's talk about these negatives and how they've kind of crept up a little bit, and we haven't seen them quite as much during our nice run for the first half of the season. First negative I'm seeing is that the defense has been really, really bad, except for TJ Brody, the juggernaut Brody. <laughs> Hey, you're stealing my joke. <laughs> I am stealing your joke. It's a great joke. <laughs> but they've, they've not been good. Riley, like, he's doing his offensive thing, which is great, but sometimes it's putting Brody in a bad situation. Two-on-ones, three-on-ones. I saw so many of them against Winnipeg. Oh, just not great. And then Dermot and Bogosian, especially Dermot, what's, like, what's going on? He's lost his touch, and it, I swear his his loss of touch came right after Toronto traded Lettinen to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm. Now, just to touch on that trade very quickly, basically, from what I can tell, they traded him because they weren't playing him and they wanted to kind of do right by him. We brought you over from the KHL. You're just not fitting into the lineup right now, uh, and we're not going to be able to get you into a consistent role. If someone's injured, you're in, but nobody's injured right now, and it's been a while, so... We're going to trade you to your next favorite team. Supposedly, Columbus was also talking to him quite a bit before he came over. So they traded him to Columbus for their third-string goalie or fourth-string goalie. Now Toronto has a little bit more goalie depth, but a lot less, I think, defensive depth, uh, especially with Sandina with an injury. Defense, not great for me. Craig, what are some of your negatives you might be worried about? Well, when it comes to the defense, you're talking about Riley pinching a lot, you know, hanging uh, Brody up to dry. But that's not just on Riley as the defenseman. Everyone on the team knows that he's going to pinch like that. It comes down to the centerman or the winger on that side to cover for that defenseman when they're in. Um, And that's where we've seen most of the troubles, especially in those games against Winnipeg. 
Um, every time, you know, you see those two and ones, three and ones. Yeah, Riley pinched. That's part of their game. But what the we weren't seeing was that uh, forward coming back to help. Um, that's what's really hanging Brody back to dry. You can see Toronto when, you know, earlier on the season, when Riley would be up in the play, there would be always be that forward there, you know, supporting at the blue line. So you'll see the puck come out on that side. If he gets past Ry Riley, if there's nobody there to protect him, um, yeah, you're going to have those odd man rushes. Um, I'm sure that's something that Keefe is trying to slam home against them again right now, you know, to be defensively reliable, that the forwards aren't just there for offense, that they need to be, you know, covering the defensemen as well, because they know that that's going to be happening every game. That's just part of their game as a, you know, high-flying, offensively-minded defense team. Um, you're going to have to go back sometimes and cover for those guys. Negatives for me? I, I'm, I hate to go to this place, but I mean, it's kind of outlined our goaltending issues. Um, I know we've got injuries with Campbell still being out and uh, Freddie's kind of slumping and Hutchison. I don't know what the hell that was on Sunday, um, but you know, we just don't have a, a ready to play playoff goalie. And we saw teams come at us like play is heating up right now. You know, um, Winnipeg was certainly making um, a play for the Leafs points and they did quite well. Even Edmonton gave us a run for their money. Um, you know, Ottawa's out of it. But even at this point, Vancouver could catch up. They're at 30 points now. They they could, you know, if they get a little bit of momentum like the Leafs had at the start of the season, um, they could uh, make a run for it. So, you know, it kind of outlined for me um, where we are there with um, needing to figure out our goaltending situation before the playoffs. It certainly shored up. I, I can't fault them exclusively, of course. I think Craig... And Kyle, you'd make good points, but I I would love to kind of, you know, Muzzin has been playing well, in my opinion, lately. I would love to see him maybe replace Riley for a bit, but I know that's unlikely and that would probably uh, be a big blow to Riley. So struggling defense, certainly, um, but uh, highlighting the goaltender problems is, is kind of freaking me out a little bit. Dan, I liked what you were saying about, uh, you know, bringing Muzz up to play some top line minutes, but... Uh, he plays so well with Hall that you wouldn't want to split that pair up. Uh, I think it was on the Dangle podcast yesterday. They mentioned the idea of, you know, you've got these two pairs of defensemen, which could be on arguably on each team could be a top pair to set of defensemen. Why not play them like a top pair, depending on the team you're playing against? Because obviously Riley Brody play very different than Hall and Muzzin. Um, yeah, give Hall and Muzzin you know, a little bit more time. Maybe play them 22, 23 minutes a game depending mm -hmm. what team they're playing against, if you really want to be able to shut them down. But Justin Hall a little bit, I, I wrote down in my notes, and I forgot to mention it, that he's not doing very great defensively right now either. A couple miscommunication things. I think he's having trouble determining if he should you know, be going to the player that's behind the net or sticking with his player at the front of the net, or they're just finding holes to get around him. A couple goals due to uh, Hall's... <laughs> just struggles right now. I'm not sure what's going on there. So <laughs> some holes defensively. Uh, let's kind of move on to the looking forward part of this. So we talked about positive. We talked about negatives. What can we do looking ahead as if maybe as if we are the GM and speaking of the GM, Kyle Dubas, a little bit of media availability today and said a bunch of things that gave us a little bit of hope or, a little bit of insight into what he's been doing on the phones. Kyle Dubas doesn't talk to the media a lot. Mid-season availability is great. 
let's kind of go over some of the stuff that he mentioned. Uh, when asked if he was considering trading a top prospect to improve this year, I believe his short answer was yes. He is willing to trade a top prospect to get something this year. Now, does that mean a rental? I don't know. Does that mean a player right now with a little bit of term? Maybe. A little bit of term, that could mean, you know, a Matias Ekholm. He's got one more year. That could mean a Ricard Raquel from the Anaheim Ducks. He's got a couple more years, I think. Top prospects could be Rasmus Sandin, Timothy Lilligren, Rodian Amaroff, Nick Robertson, I think would be the, the tippy top, maybe. And I don't know. Better get a good return for him. Let's keep going with some of this availability stuff. In terms of the goalies, he said, I've got a lot of belief in both Fred and Jack, comma, and Hutch when he's in. He's not as worried as maybe the fans and definitely the three members of this podcast are about the goalie situation. We'll talk about that. Well, I'm assuming he knows more than we do about Campbell's situation right now. That's I would true. hope so. Because a, a lot of our thoughts when it comes to, you know, where the Leafs are for goaltending is how long is Hutch going to be out? Sorry, how long is Campbell going to be out? If Campbell's going to be back this weekend, then, you know, I feel infinitely better for the goaltending situation. Um, but if he's going to be out another two weeks, then. But he's also got, you know, the inside scoop on the players and like the goalies and their morales. And they're like, so, you know, right now, if Freddie's in net, I'm my default setting for him right now is jittery and nervous because he's lost a few games and uh, he doesn't like doing that. Obviously, obviously, Kyle's got a little more inside information, but he's also not going to say. Oh, I feel nervous with Freddie and net like like throwing him under the bus like that. <laughs> yeah, good point. Like, well, you know, I think our top goalie sucks, and I'd love yeah. someone better. But You can say that we're struggling defensively, or you can say we're letting too many goals in, but that's like a, a better way to say it in terms of the optics of it, right? You want to have your guys back no matter what. Even if he brings in a goalie, he should still be oh, saying sure. that. Uh, last thing about his availability, that at least that we found interesting, that most of the conversations that he's been having with other GMs are about forwards, bringing in a forward, which may mean, you know, losing a forward. And he mentioned that in the past they had to uh, relieve themselves of some forward depth to bring in some defensive depth. So we're talking about Tyson Berry from last year. They had to get rid of uh, Nazem Kadri, or I guess a year and a half ago. Jake Muzzin, you know, there was some depth pieces that were given up for Jake Muzzin. Looking forward, we have a very condensed schedule. What do you think we need? Let's start... Based on what we heard from Dubas, let's start with Hyman. He said he doesn't want to talk about Hyman and his UFA stuff, but do we look to trade Hyman to try to get something back? No. Because he has a UFA? No. Do we no. not sign him and no. let him walk? Yes. No. <laughs> yes, yes, no. <laughs> yes, no, no. Okay, so we're getting a couple of different ideas here. Trade seems to be off the dock. I agree. Let's mm. not trade Hyman. I think that would be a blow in terms of morale, like Dan was just talking about. Yeah, like Boston should just go ahead and trade Marshaw. Like, yeah. yeah. That's the same, that's the I, same I thing. I think he is the heart and soul of this team. You might as well just trade the leaf off the jersey. Yeah. Okay, so no trade. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Do we keep him after this season? <laughs> It'll cost you. But I would absolutely, I would love to keep him after this season. I have no idea how they would be able to do that, but... Uh, you know, if they're able to move some players around, then it, it, he's obviously 
somebody we do not want leaving this team at this point, I don't think. Um, I just got thinking, if Dubis, Dubis is saying he's not going to comment on uh, Hyman's contract negotiations, he might already have a handshake deal with him. Yeah, It's very possible that he has, you know, saying, at the end of the season, this is what we're going to sign you for, we're not going to sign it now, because if we sign you now, it's one more pe- person we need to protect for the expansion draft. Um, by not having him sign means they don't have to protect him, which means that they can protect somebody else. Yeah. That's a good point. And, you know, the Leafs are going to be have a hard time right this, you know, last time with the expansion draft, they most of their guys were still rookies and there really wasn't anything to worry about protecting. Um, but this time they're going to be in a, a hard situation to keep everybody protected. The Leafs are going to lose a core player this time, but we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But I think, you know, it's very possible that might already be a consideration. Um, they might. It also depends on what the Leafs do this year. I think I said before that if they go on and win the cup, maybe he walks because they can't afford him. Maybe if they get pretty close, get to the conference finals, he comes back and, uh, you know, has something to prove. As he's continuing to play and how good he is, I think it's either going to be what Craig said, that there's, you know, handshake deal, Hyman wants to come back, Hyman's going to help kind of with the cap, or... They let him walk because as awesome as Hyman is, especially to the eye test, you can just see him digging in the corners and making sure his players have the best opportunity to score. Their stars have the best opportunity. I think you can find that elsewhere. I think you can find that with other players, whereas it's much harder to find star talent. You can find someone that's going to grind someone that's going to work for their job and get the stars the puck i know when we got joey anderson in the in the andreas jansen deal he was a guy that was like oh this guy kind of looks like zach hyman and i think there's a, a couple other players in the in the prospect pipeline that have been compared to a zach hyman so again i think it's it's either going to be a nice deal and hyman's going to throw us a bone or it's, we're just going to have to either look elsewhere or look from within to find the next Hyman. <laughs> I have a hard time thinking about that because I think Zach Hyman might be uh, my favorite Leaf over the last most of my life. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's been solid. Yeah, he's the kind of player that anytime he's on the ice, you're like, yeah, good things are going to happen. Yeah. It's... uh. Um, you know, he's the kind of player that everybody can cheer for. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing him go anywhere else, and I especially would not want to see the Leafs have to play against him. Okay, let's move on from this sappy, sappy talk about Hyman. Oh, God. But we love Hyman. We do love him, and we want him looking forward. We're in the looking forward segment. Uh, VC today has been put on waivers. By the time you listen to this, we will probably have figured out if... He is picked up on waivers by another team, or if he just goes to our taxi squad. I guess we'll put this kind of quickly. Do you think someone's going to scoop him up? Kyle Dubas says the only reason he's been put on waivers is to have flexibility on the roster. Firstly, do you think he's going to? someone's going to scoop him up? Craig, yes or no? I don't think so. Um, I think he's shown that he's another guy on the roster. Is he going to be? Is he going to make any other team better? Probably not. Um, if another if another team is really you know desperate for a 
fourth line player that's going to put in five goals, then sure they might take him. But I don't, I don't think anyone would. Um, you know, other players like Tyler Ennis was on waivers earlier this season. Paul Byron, you know, he's another speedy guy that can easily play on anybody's third wing or third line. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been on um, waivers a couple times already this season. He hasn't gone anywhere. So I can't imagine VC being picked up. And if he does, there's, you know, we still haven't seen a lot of Barabanov. And he looks good when he is on the ice. So maybe he just gets a little bit more time. Um, I heard today that Robertson might be injured. Hopefully it's nothing long-term, nothing major, because I hadn't heard anything about it until today. Um, he will be up in the lineup if Easy's gone. They'll, you know, they've got enough forward depth that they can, uh, you know, if one guy walks, then it's not the end of the world. Okay, so you kind of got me with the second part of the question. You know, <laughs> if he's if he is picked up or if he just does go on the taxi squad, where does what flexibility is Dubas talking about? And you mentioned Barabanov getting some more time, and I I would agree with that, Dan. Do you think someone's going to scoop him up, and what kind of flexibility do you think we're talking about here? Uh, so I, I don't think he's going to get scooped up, and I won't be as uh, eloquent as Craig, but I think he's uh, one of the dime a dozen players. I mean, he's not the the heart player that we have. Like, he's not driving the team like Hyman. He's not one of the team leaders. Uh, he's certainly not uh, producing like any of the team leaders at the higher end of the roster. Um, so I think you can find a VC on most, uh, teams. So I don't expect him to, to go anytime soon. The flexibility, I think, uh, you know, we're going to have Simmons coming back soon, uh, Campbell coming back soon. So that's adding two more to the roster that, uh, you know, he's definitely got to move some people around for that. So I think that's probably, he'd want to have, uh, Simmons probably on the roster. I would hope, um, well, he will be. And, uh, you know, Campbell's going to be playing more in net, hopefully. So that's my guess. Yeah, my thought is with VC is that Dubas has identified him as one of the players that he feels is unlikely to be taken on waivers. And by having him clear waivers, that means he can bounce him back and forth to the taxi squad without him having to clear waivers again for, I think it's 10 games or 30 days. So that's most of the rest of the season. Um, yeah. With that kind of flexibility with the guys coming back, um, you know, it's pretty invaluable. It's a safe move, I think. I think so. I agree. I don't think he's going to get scooped up. However, if he does, it still you know, gives some flexibility. I think this flexibility is, is for an upcoming trade. To have some potential flexibility with the cap, they can send him down to the Marlies if they need to, if he, if he clears waivers. Um, if he comes off the roster, there we go. There's a little bit more cap space. I, I think this is for an upcoming trade. I'm not sure for who, but $900,000 extra flexibility could be uh, could be the ticket if need be. It's certainly not a lot of flexibility. I know, right? But it, it yeah. could well, be the, it the little hurdle we need. On a $52 million cap. <laughs> the difference between, you know, having Kerfoot off and VC's contract in the minors, that's $4.5 million. Like, yeah, that's, a, that's an Eckholm if there's salary retained. Right. So, yeah. Okay, last part, looking forward. And and we're not going to talk too much about trades. We did quite a bit about that last time. And maybe we'll talk a little bit more next week as the trade deadline looms and we don't have many games to talk about. Someone we have talked about a lot, but we got to talk about again is Freddie. Do we keep him even this year? We've talked about next year and beyond to re-sign him or not. 
this season? Do we have enough confidence in him to take us into the playoffs? Do we need even more backup for him than Campbell? Or or do we try to trade him? And, and potentially what do we trade him for if another goalie is available? So the questions are, you know, do we trade him? Yes or no? Potentially why? And if yes, we trade him, what options are you thinking of? Let's start with Dan this time. Um... You know, it might be time to develop him, send him down to the Marlies for a bit. No, I'm just kidding. I I like Freddie 90% of the time, and then when I don't like him, I really wish he wasn't in net. Um, But I will say this. When Campbell's back, I think he and Campbell can be a good tandem because I think Campbell can pick up their... I, I kind of see Campbell as, you know, good enough as a starting goalie, given his his current or former positions. And I would like watching him. I think he's solid in net. If Freddie has a bad night or a bad streak, you know, he can backfill uh, pretty quickly and well. So I would say don't trade them right now or don't trade Anderson right now. Um, but, man, he's got to produce better. Like he's got to get better. I don't. I, I. I don't see him getting better. To be fair, but I think uh, he's got to get his confidence back. Um, hopefully, they can get some wins in the these two games coming up at the end of the week. But we'll see. I don't think they're going to re-sign him. Um, and I think if the right trade comes forward, they uh, they would look at trading him. Um, they know that they've got a a solid goalie with Campbell. I don't know if they feel comfortable playing him as the starter. I. Th- Personally, as you know, the hockey professional that I am, I would say that, you know, Campbell does seem like a starter. Uh, the team always seems to play better in front of him than they do in front of Freddie. Um, they tend to be a little bit more defensively sound. Every time he's been in the net, they clear the lanes better. And Freddie makes a lot of money. Like $5 million a season is not a insignificant amount. So if they can move him off the roster for either a solid 1B or someone who's going to take over for him for the rest of the season, um, possibly with a little bit of term on top of that. That's the kind of, that's the spot that the Leafs, you know, should look into improving as Frody has shown us in the past that, you know, in the playoffs, he has not been a solid starter in the playoffs. And, you know, we're going into the what fourth year of his contract and he's shown every time that sure he might, he steals the odd game here and there, but it's been a while since he's had a game like that. Um, you have, we haven't seen too many of those even this season, uh, definitely didn't see any last year in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I, I think if the, if there's another GM that is looking to get swindled in a trade that, uh, that do should do it and, and send Freddie now, you know, recoup something for him now before, well, they can, and then we'll see him in the Stanley cup final probably. But yeah, Craig, like you made a good point. He's got a huge salary, so if if anyone's going to trade him, they're going to be looking to offload a lot of that. And someone I saw someone made a good point is that most of his salary has already been paid. Um, going to last season of his contract, sure it's a five million dollar cap hit, but I'm pretty sure he's owed significantly That's less fair. than that. Right. Good point. Well, I'm going to go with uh, Craig on this one. I'm going to say Freddie, if the right deal shows up, I think should be traded. I don't think it should be for a, a rental goalie, at least one more year, you know, so we can see this goalie in a in a full season. And there are a couple options that I was just looking at and one that I am going to steal from 
uh, Steve Dangle's podcast. Uh, Darcy Kemper from the Arizona Coyotes, I think would be awesome. He's a little bit injured right now. What a great goalie, though. And I think Arizona, if there were maybe some prospects or some picks involved with this, would jump all over that because they've, they've been dinged for bad behavior, so they don't have a lot of picks. Darcy Kemper, that'd be nice. And they've got, they still have Antti Ranta. So if they had Antti Ranta and Anderson and maybe Anderson re-signs, that's still not a bad tandem, especially for a team like uh, Arizona that nobody cares about. And then I'm going to try to be consistent, and I'm going to save one of the Columbus goalies. And I know they have not been doing great this year, but also the team in front of them has not been doing great this year. So one of Elvis Merzlikens or Jonas Koprasalo, if if they they got in a Freddie trade with one of them, I'd be I'd be happy about that, and that gives them also one more year because they're both signed 2021-22. I'd be happy with that trade. Any any comments on those uh, couple of trades that I mentioned? Yes or no's. Now, when you're saying about Kemper being injured right now, um, I think it really depends on what the injury is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he does get traded to the Leafs, he's going to have to sit for a two week quarantine anyways. So if that's the kind of thing that's going to be good for him to, you know sit on his ass in a hotel room and mm-hmm. and rehab it for two weeks, then it kind of kills two birds with one stone that, you know, if he's going to be quarantined, he might as well be injured, I guess, if you want to think of it that way. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Don't suppose you can put a guy on LRTR before he goes on quarantine, <laughs> could you? No, I think you could. It's If they're yeah. in quarantine, it goes against the cap. So you could put them on LTIR while they're in quarantine if they are actually injured. And that's what, two weeks, isn't it? Yeah. He is injured, so that might be your best way. You got, you know, two weeks of actually being able to just put whatever you want out on the on the ice. Hell with the cap. Uh, it gives That's them a little bit more cap. flexibility that way. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, but I think uh, you know Kemper would be interesting when it comes to the Columbus goalies. I don't know if either of them have really shown that they're uh, you know a, a true number one goalie. Mm-hmm. But between this season and next, if we the other thing we have to think of is the expansion draft. Um, yeah. So any player that's coming in that's going to be on a extra year, uh, are the Leafs going to be able to protect them? So if we bring in another goalie, we'll pro- we very well could lose Campbell. Okay. Um, he's shown that he's a solid backup. If we keep Freddie for the rest of the season and he doesn't re-sign, um, that means that we have to we can protect Campbell and put Hutch up, yeah. um, which probably won't lose him. Yeah. It, it it's a weird year when you between the quarantines and the expansion draft and no one having any money it's uh it's going to be very hard for anybody to do anything all right we're going to move on from there a uh, couple thoughts looking forward for the leafs uh maybe listen to the last podcast as well and put them together let's move on to our quick shifts quick questions with Craig Shaw. All right, so we're going to start with, you know, my favorite Zach Hyman. And uh, do you guys still like that uh, that third zip line, or do you prefer to see uh, Hyman up on the top line and moving Jumbo down to that line? Or, I, maybe I missed this, um, Kerfoot playing on that third line as a winger? Yep, that's what he was doing this past week. Yeah. And Jumbo playing on the second line. Yeah, what do you guys think of that? What's your What is your favorite third line right now? It's <laughs> probably a better way to put it. It's a good way of putting it. You know, I'm not sad to see McKayev on the third line. Um I, I like him as a player and he's he's got 
everything you want in a hockey player. He can score. He's got speed. He's got drive, but he's not producing right now. He's kind of struggling. Um, he did score a couple. He scored at least one goal. Was it more than one in the last four? I think and he had one, one. Uh, taken back. Yes, that's right. The that's, game. Oh, he scored, he right. And all and the goals. Any who's all. Yeah. So I, I'm happy with McKay on the third line. Um, I would love, I, I think it's a right move uh, to put Hyman on the first line. So I'm kind of happy with the lines as they are right now. Um, Kerfoot. Yeah. I'd leave him where he is. Yep. I would agree. Uh, Kerfoot on that third line. I think uh, Thornton with Tavares and Nylander has been decent. Uh, Thornton's good at getting the puck to them out of the corners, and Kerfoot is really fast, so he works on the zip line. That's uh, that's what I think. I think at one point it may have just been an odd shift, but I saw Thornton on that third line with Engvall and Mikheyev, and it did not work. Yeah, it did not. It did. He had he had no one to pass to, um, and you know <laughs> Jumbo's at his best when he has someone to pass to. It's like whoosh straight through a couple ghosts. I remember that. Yeah, you know, and Jumbo might be a little bit because he's been on a different line. He's been moved around a bit. Could be because he's back in coming back from his injury, but he hasn't really looked like, you know, traditional jumbo. What do you think is going on with him? Uh, Kyle. Uh, I think his age is starting to show, to be honest. <laughs> that was exactly mine too. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. And uh, I remember when they had their mini training camp that, they were all saying, we were surprised how fast he is. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, are you sure? He's not that quick. Like, he's really good at getting the puck off people or keeping the puck. And he does it, like, with silk. It's just like nothing. He's like, that's mine. I'm older than you. That's mine. <laughs> but he's not very fast at getting in the zone or out of the zone. I think he's just he's just showing his age, so that's that's what I got for Thornton. And being moved off the top line, too, kind of learning two new players when he's really only been on that top line when he's been healthy. So combination of two things there. I, I don't think I could have said it better, Kyle. I, I agree with everything you said. He's an excellent player. He'll continue to be an excellent player until he retires, but he doesn't have the youth he had. That's all I really have. I don't think his foot speed is, you know, too much of an issue. He's never been the fastest player, and he's always been able to keep up with Marner and Matthews because um, they're not the fastest players either. You know, Marner's got some feet to him, but Matthews is an incredibly fast skater. Mm -hmm. I think with a little bit more time and getting used with that second line, he'll do pretty well with Tavares and Nylander. You know, Nylander is a strong skater, and Tavares and um Thornton, their games have never really been about their foot speed. It's about being able to keep the puck. You know, they're big guys, big bodies that they can hold on to the puck as, you know, as really as long as they want. And hopefully with the two of them, with uh, if Nylander can keep, you know, the scoring that he's been doing lately, uh, if they can keep getting him the puck and if he keeps that puck down and actually shoots it at the net, I think that might be a good line for the next couple of weeks. And, you know, everything changes once Simmons comes back. Can I just talk about Tavares for a second? Oh, my God. That guy has been a workhorse the past couple weeks. He is yeah. fighting for every single puck, and he gets it every single time. And he's just—he's showing his captaincy now. Like it's really, really cool to see Tavares like at his best. Maybe he's not getting the most points, but you can see it. He loves it, and he's going through those Winnipeg pylons like he's making IKEA. 
<laughs> if you don't get that reference, it's okay. <laughs> if you don't get that reference, please look it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so got one last one for you guys. We discussed this a couple weeks ago, um, but you know, times make things change. Um, today, if you could make a trade, would you focus on a forward or a defenseman? I know a few weeks ago we were talking about forwards, but what do you think now? I, I would go... Oh, you know what? I I was going to say defense, and then I thought about it a little bit more, and now... No, I'm going to stick with defense. If we are if we have to make a trade, I would say... I don't know. Who do we let go? No one. Doesn't I don't want to let anyone You don't necessarily go. need to trade a defenseman. Um, but if we were to pick up a guy, would you prefer a forward or a defenseman? Oh, if we we're picking someone up, I would. I think we need a little bit of help on defense right now. If we don't, if it's not going to be a goalie, and then we need to kind of stack the deck in front of the goalie. So that'd be me. Oh wow, I'm so torn. I was before I was like forward, hundred percent. I think defense is fine. I think we just need another game-breaking forward. Don't think it's Taylor Hall, but I think we need somebody. And now I'm starting to look at the defense a little bit more. You can't, you can't have enough depth on defense. Uh, I'm going to go with Dan. I think I've changed my mind. I think defense uh, is my priority. I wouldn't mind a forward, you know, just a little bit more depth up there. It would be great. But I think we need more depth on defense, especially since Lutton is gone. I was just going to say, especially if you look at the goals against for the last 10 games. I mean, if the, the end, if, the goalie's not changing, then we need something. Yeah, and the Leafs have actually been really lucky so far this season that they've had very few injuries on the defense, um, other than, you know, Muzzin being out for, I think he had the hand injury, then the broken face. Um, but beyond <laughs> that, they've been, like, none of the other guys have been injured. And I think that's really what's made the defense look better than it is, looks deeper than it is. But it's a, it's a long playoffs, and... They need a solid number seven defenseman. It looks like Sandine's going to be out for the rest of the season, possibly. Um, I heard that his foot injury. Now, this is just a rumor. This I actually heard today on the radio. Uh, they were talking to um, former Kings G, or assistant GM Mike Fuda. Um, and he was saying that the word on the street is that Sandine's injury is more than just a broken bone. That it's going to be something that's going to linger a little bit longer. Don't know if it's uh, career altering, but... We're not going to see him in the NHL this season. Um, I think the Leafs are going to have to find somebody to at least take that spot um, as a number seven defenseman since, you know, they did trade away Lettinen, which I think was just as much doing it right for him as it is, you know, for the future of any other player that we want to try to sign from the KHL. You know, every season the Leafs have seemed to have a steady flow of different def defensemen coming from the KHL, you know, between Zaitsev, Ozhganov, letting in this year I'm sure there's been others um but you don't want to burn that bridge and just bring guys over and bury them better to see let this guy you know move on have a chance of you know continue his career in the nhl but i don't think the leafs are going to find another top four defenseman at least not for the price that they're willing to spend um but they might just need to find a, a good number five um that could possibly push dermot or bergosian down depending on what side he plays I was also hearing today they were talking about the idea of some trades. I know we're not going to talk too much about potential trade ideas, but uh, Mike Fuda also brought up the idea that, yes, Leafs fans would say 
First thing you want to do is move out Kerfoot for salary, right? But how do other teams evaluate a player like Kerfoot? Now, he's got some experience in this kind of thing, like, you know, running, uh, you know, um, a lot of player development in L.A. When he sees a guy like Kerfoot, they say, sure, that's a valuable piece to this Leafs team. You know, he can kill penalties. You know, he plays on the second or third line. But he is, you know, another team would say he's a good third or fourth line defense or line forward. Is that really something that you want to take on three and a half million dollars for a guy that you know is only going to be third line at the maximum? So if the Leafs really want to make any sort of trade for any big players, it looks like other teams are going to be looking for someone like Nylander. They want an impactful player now because they don't know what the prospect pools are going to be like in the next few years. Like there's no minor league players really playing right now. Um, No one can go and scout. So everyone wants someone that is really going to impact their team this season, next season and going forward. Interesting. Interesting. Didn't think about the, uh, the Kerfoot on the other team point of view only really thought about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. for us, because we just think of it kind of like a fantasy team, you know, trade guys money in money out without the same kind of, you know, what is this actually going to be worth to the other side? So we'll see if Dubas will do something. You know, he's, uh, I saw someone tweet today that he, his track record shows that it's going to be something big and it's going to be something silly, something that we don't expect. (laughs) I love trades. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That was quick shifts. Super exciting. So many things happening so fast. Uh, we have mentioned a couple times there's this funny thing called the expansion draft coming up because the Seattle Kraken, thank God they chose that name, by the way. Best possible <laughs> name. So cool. Uh, Seattle Kraken is about to take a player from every team except for the Vegas Golden Knights. Don't know why they got out of this because they've been doing really well, but whatever. And there's some rules to it a little bit. Uh, teams are able to protect players, and they have two options. They can choose to protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie, or eight skaters in general, whether they are forward or defense, and a goalie. Also, they must have a goalie that is, you know, signed beyond uh, this year. Uh, and they got to have, you know, a couple players available signed beyond this upcoming year so that, you know, Kraken can actually pick someone up. Uh, Craig, talk to us about the expansion draft for the Leafs. Like you said, that they've got the two different options, either protect seven forwards and three defensemen and a goalie, or eight total skaters. Now, the Leafs, when you look at their defense uh, right now, they really have four guys under contract for next season that they really want to protect. They've got Muzzin, Brody, Riley, and Hall. Now, I don't think you'd want to lose any of those four guys, am I right? I do not. I agree. Which means the Leafs would really only be able to protect four forwards, which would be Matthews, Tavares, Marner, and Elander. Do you care about losing if we were to lose a, I don't even know who else they would want to take from the bottom six, really. Hyman won't be under contract. Thornton won't be under contract. Simmons, which means we're basically exposing Kerfoot, Engvall, Mikheyev. Would you guys prefer to protect four defensemen and let one of those guys walk or another option that I've been thinking about recently is the idea of, you know, 
trading R- Morgan Riley in this offseason before the expansion draft? Oh, I didn't know you were going to go there, but I, I thought about it. I was like, ooh, that's the thing, right? He could. He's only got one year left. What a guy. Oh. One year left. He's worth a lot to win another that's team. That's interesting. Good call. Do you think that you'll actually be able to re-sign him past this season? That will give you, what, the $5.5 million to you know spend on Zach Hyman, re-sign him, bring in some new names, and re-sign Travis Dermott as well. I think Dermott... Looks like he could be a top pair defenseman. He's basically just another Riley. Uh, both of them have their defensive lapses. Both of them have a pretty offensive eye. I think if you were to give him more minutes, play him up with TJ Brody, that could be your second pair now and give your Hall Muzzin your top pair. Um, that would you know mean that you can protect all your forwards and protect Muzzin, Brody, and Hall and then move forward after that. That's interesting. Or am I being blasphemous? No, no, I was going to be worse. So I think. Uh, oh, please I tell think me. I like what yours. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I I was going to say, maybe it's time Nylander walks. I don't know. I I like watching him play, and he's so friggin' good. But I would all, okay. You can't you can't protect Hyman. You can't trade Riley Tough. this season. Can't trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, well, first, no one has money, and secondly, you want, it, want him for the playoffs. But at the end of the season, before the expansion draft. Oh, man. That's really tough, Craig. Uh, that's I was all down for the eight skaters and a goalie, but now that you're suggesting the Riley thing, that's a really interesting trade. Or not trade, but a really interesting move. It's not because I don't love Riley. It's just that I don't know if they'll be able to re-sign him after next season. No, no, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, five million. Kyle, what do you think? Uh, I think Craig's best point was what he just said, was that I don't think we can sign him after next season, unless you combine it with Dan's point and we lose William Nylander for something cheaper or just that is prospe- true. prospects or something. Something's got to give, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. Uh, and you know what, Sandine is is a Riley as well, and he's he's touted very highly, and he could totally evolve into something. And we've got him cheap for a couple years and bridge deal and stuff like that. And that that brings us to the you know the UFAs for Austin and Marner and stuff. I'm gonna have to think on that one. You know what? I'm gonna push my answer to next week. And I'm I'm gonna think on this. Morgan Riley out the door early, or Nylander out the door early, or do we say screw it and leave Kerfoot, McKayev, and Engvall open? Ah, I don't know. I don't know. Tell us what you think in the comments below. Is what they would say. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we may have more information for next week uh, based on some roster movement. Yeah, which Very true. could decide everything. So, boys, your your homework this week is to uh, come up with some ideas for some Riley trades. Oof, oof, that's, okay, that like hurts. That. That's like we were ju- we were talking about Zach Hyman, you know, being the soul of the team. I would put Riley there too. Like he's he's, he's the, defensive the longest soul, the yeah. longest leaf on the team right now. Yep, yep. Ah, oh, that's 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 heartbreaking, but also makes sense a little bit. Moment of silence for Morgan Riley.
moment of silence followed by a moment of panicking in your own zone. That that sounds like the Leafs mantra right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, moment of silence before the game. And moment of panic. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus. Oh, that's funny. Okay, that's a that's a cool way to not so much finish things off, but finish off our discussions quickly about our bets. Last week we talked about uh, bottom six and how many goals they would score over the next four games. I said six. Dan said five. Craig said four. And Craig continues his streak of winning everything. So, Craig wins. That's me with all your pennies. <laughs> well done, Craig. Well done. <laughs> the bottom six gets four goals, and I would have won, but two of those goals got, or two extra goals got overturned. One by Engvall, which was definitely, definitely should have been overturned. And Mikheyev, I uh, didn't watch it, didn't care. Uh, so, Craig wins. I'm at uh, plus thirteen dollars. Craig is at a commanding plus twenty-seven dollars, and Daniel is enjoying his negative forty dollars. I'm funding everything. Funding everything. <laughs> uh, we're gonna move away from a bet this week and go on to some trivia. All right, Craig, what do you got for us? I like to do the trivia to try to give some money back to the peasants. <laughs> um, so same as last time, I'm gonna put up. $10 of my own money that if every time you guys can get one of them right, I'll give you a dollar. If you get it wrong, give me a dollar. I'll give you the category for this week. NHL arenas. I can give you the oh, name no. of the arena. You have to tell me where it is. Okay. 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 Cool. 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 All right. We're going to start nice and easy on this one. I like to think so. All right. So little Caesars arena, also known as the pizza palace. I've got my answer. Yeah, I've got mine. Kyle, go ahead. Uh, Detroit Red Wings? Yes. <laughs> I was way off. I said Columbus. What are you say? I had, I'm oh. guessing at this point, man. I don't know arenas for shit. Okay. We'll get a little bit harder on this next one. Oh, Ball good. arena. Ball arena. Balls? B-A-L-L arena. Go ahead, Kyle. Uh, well, I don't have an answer yet. Oh my god. I I, I don't either. <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on. I believe this is a new one renamed this season. Renamed this season. Oh great, that makes it even better. Um. And we're not watching any American games. Yeah. And for fifty cents, I'll uh, I'll give you a hint. What? For fifty cents. To lose fifty cents. Uh, no, I'm gonna guess. Uh, I'm gonna go. Nashville. Dallas. Negative. It's Colorado, formerly known as the Pepsi Center. It's basically guess an American hockey team right now. Sure is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. The Staples Center. Oh, I know that one. Yeah, the Staples Center. Oh, you I know can that see one. America. All right. Dan. Washington. Oh, Daniel. Kyle. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. All right. Climate Pledge Arena. <laughs> oh, I think I know that one, too. You trickster. Go ahead. Daniel. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I think that's that's Seattle, isn't it? That is Seattle. 
Really? How cool. That is uh, the name that Amazon chose. Instead of calling it the Amazon Arena, they went with the Climate Pledge Arena. Um, the entire, I believe, the I believe the entire arena is carbon neutral. And the name Focus Grouped better. Yes. <laughs> uh, the the second in uh, command was the um, the Bezos's ego center. Yes. A similar size. <laughs> All right. Next one. PPG Paints Arena. I know mine. If I'm correct, okay. Dan, the city starts with a P. Oh, oh, okay. Go ahead. Pittsburgh. Oh, fuck. I, I, I was went with Arizona, <laughs> and I was like, it's Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan, they're not even in Phoenix, man. I know. I got excited. <laughs> All right, it's 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 Pittsburgh. <laughs> All right, so we got one more bonus question. I'm gonna just give this one to Daniel because Kyle, you've won enough money. Okay. Oh, thank God. For a free dollar, Daniel, if you can get this one right. Rogers Arena. Oh, that's mean. That is mean. Um, that's Montreal. Fifty fifty. <laughs> what did you just say? Well, like. <sighs> No, it's not right. true. We're, we're going to have to disconnect. technically the da- Toronto, Dan is, right? Uh, it's the most Dan has now left the one. podcast. It's um, the most opposite one, Daniel. Well, like, how do I... Like, it's <laughs> Toronto. No. No. What? what? What is it? What? It's Vancouver. Vancouver? Oh, fuck. Yes, Kyle's saying that's not fair because Edmonton also has the Rogers Center. I thought it was oh, Rogers Place. Oh, I see, I see. No, Rogers Center is. Uh, I don't even pay attention Skydome. to the arena names. I hate like I when when arena names were like Maple Leaf Gardens. I loved it, and now it's oh, just it's all best. companies. Oh yeah, I couldn't care less about companies. <laughs> uh, Dan Montreal was the exact opposite because they're the Bell Center. Bell Center, that's it. Bell that's, and I Rogers. Knew, I knew it was a big telecom. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that and then funny. I thought you were trying to trick me with uh, with the Skydome. And I was like, ooh, what's he doing? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Are all seven arenas named after Bell, Scotiabank, or Rogers? Uh, I think Winnipeg is MTS. Bell MTS. Oh, Jesus. No, the Bell T- MTS Center. I, oh, I... Canadian Tire Center. The one oh, right yeah, up the road. Of course. Duh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, the Rogers, Bell, Scotiabank, Canadian Tire Center. That's what it's going to be renamed next year. Yes. Well, Ottawa needs all the money they can get. So everybody, make sure you like and follow the podcast. Uh, put your comments down below, as Kyle said. We have a little bit of a break this week and then a couple weekend games. So hopefully the Leafs can get their stuff together by the time uh, that Friday game comes around. Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go.